Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the blessings of today, for all the gifts that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, we should be always grateful in that spirit of gratitude for all that you have done for us and are doing in our lives. Today, Lord, I ask you to be with Todd and I as we seek to bring your spirit to other people, to evangelize those that are hungry, to bring you to them the good message that you want us to give today. We ask a blessing on all the people that are working on your behalf in the world today, seeking to bring souls to you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today I have a very privileged guest today to be here, Mr. Ashton Mouton. He is a fifth grade teacher at Acadian Middle for Special Ed. He's an evangelization specialist and uh, on fire for Christ. Welcome to the show, Ashton. Thank you, Todd. I'm so delighted to be here. Awesome to be here. We've known each other quite a while, and he's a great man, and uh, we're excited to hear his story today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, born and raised here in Lafayette, blessed to be in a very Catholic family, both parents, Catholic school graduates, so I was rooted from the beginning. Um, Mary became a part of my life early on. Um, my mom uh, and dad, we had twins uh, in our family, and there was a, some complications where they were uh, joined together, so they decided to dedicate um, these twins to Mary, and they wore blue and white until they were five years old in honor of Mary. So that made an impact on me. And mom always had a Fatima statue with Bernadette kneeling down. Um, the rosary was part of our family life. And so that's how I grew. Uh, Catholic education, I was an altar server. That gave me intimacy at the altar with Jesus. And then uh, college, I began to make daily mass when I was about a junior, senior in college. Uh, more commitment slowly in my life. Then, you know, uh, God blessed me with a beautiful wife, Jean, uh, who I met in Tennessee. She's a convert. Uh, she said, Ashton, I want to convert whether or not we get married because you have taught me about a loving God and a merciful God. And that means so much to me. So God just kept working. And then at a point in my life, um, I was working in the insurance business and I was really not fulfilled. I wasn't using my skills. It was a good business, but um, wasn't suited. I wasn't suited for that type of work. And so I prayed, and I actually decided to leave the business. We had some money saved, and not knowing what I was going to do. But I was depressed and unhappy. And um, a friend of mine at St. Edmund's invited me to make a crucio. And that, at age 30, was a real turning point in my life. Quietly, the Spirit touched me. I had no clue as to how deep I had been touched. And so I committed myself, and I was invited to join the Crucio movement as a leader. And I began to give the action talk, which is kind of funny. I thought I was good at that. <laughs> you know, I came to find out God wanted to teach me. And so I learned. 
And that became my spiritual formation. Uh, I began spiritual direction, began committed prayer. I even had to relearn how to say the rosary. I, you know, growing up Catholic, you'd think, mm, but I had slipped away from some of the basics. And so all of that, a prayer life, started making adoration, daily mass, gradually, not all at once, you know, did that come about completely. But the blessing was I began spiritual direction. And Monsignor Richard Mouton, bless his heart, now deceased, was my first spiritual director and um, gave me spiritual indigestion almost right away because <laughs> he asked me to make a holy hour every day. Well, it took me a while to do that, but then I was able to do it. And then my wife said, Ashton, look, you, you're leaving early in the morning. You're disturbing the kids. You're leaving late at night. You're disturbing. So I, I quit making a daily holy hour, but I still make holy hours. And I uh, have a committed holy hour at 3 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Um, so, you know, I see the value, uh, and you have to balance family life with your spiritual life and work world. So all that's a challenge. But all in this process, I'm just growing deeper and deeper. And then other spiritual directors uh, ended up um, having Father Conley Bertrand, who's um, a wonderful man. He initiated the Come Lord Jesus program over 40 years ago. I've had Monsignor Richard Green, who wonderful man, was a vicar um, for one of the regions in the diocese, and wonderful stories I could tell. We don't have time about his relationship with St. Padre Pio. Um, I had Monsignor Ignatius Martin, who had been superintendent of education, and uh, who's also deceased. So just people that, you know, blessed me. I never had theology courses, never went to the seminary. I'm an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Do you think, uh, so, you know, this sounds like you're naming a lot of Cajun Catholics, you know, have you ever really thought, you know, the inspiration for the show is that there's so many wonderful people in South Louisiana and Lafayette that that, that, that have that evangelization heart like you do and that, that brought you along. I mean, what, where does all that come from? I'm a new grandparent, and uh, I was going to ask you when you mentioned about your mother and, and the faith in your family, you know, did that come down from the grandparents? Absolutely. You know what Father Fry, and he was one of my spiritual directors, I forgot to, yeah. he started the Community of Jesus Crucified. He was the, the spiritual director of the Crucio at one time. He said, you know where the power in South Louisiana is? It's in the grandmas that pray. And so my grandmother was a third-order Carmelite. Wow. My mother became a third-order Carmelite. My grandma used to say, I pray eight rosaries every day. I said, Mama, you pray for me? She said, oh, yeah, I pray for you every day. I pray for all my grandchildren every day. That's the power. That's why I am where I am. You know, and I know it. I mean... Uh, sinner that I am, weak as I am, by the grace of God, um, I've been on this mission. And so these wonderful priests, a holy family that I've come from, and that's what hit me at Crisillo, Todd. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you've been selfish in your life. Not that I was a bad person, but, you know, I was thinking about, well, I want to go play golf, and I want to go do this, fishing. And those are all good things, but if you're doing them all the time and not doing anything else for God— you have to stop and think, what does my life really mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what hit me. It's like, quietly, it's time to give back. I've been so blessed. Mm -hmm. I have to give back. And that has been my motivation. And you know what? When you start giving back, 
You can't outgive the Lord. You can't. You give with a spoon, he gives with a shovel. You give with a shovel, he gives with a dump truck. You give with a dump truck, he gives with an 18-wheeler. So it just keeps, you know. That's so true. It, it's so true. And it's that blessing. Um, and then I was called to St. Pius X, Monsignor Mouton, in fact. I, I tell people, kind of funny, that, you know, he knew me and he still hired me mm-hmm. at St. Pius X to be evangelization minister, which I was also director of ministry, so it was more of an administrative job. Um, overseeing the ministries, helping to get new ministry leaders when some had to drop out, and forming people um, became my mission. It was, you've done it, so now help other people do it. Teach them how to do it. And that became a new call for me. And so that developed. And one of the key things that came out of the mission at St. Pius was we have a a door-to-door evangelization that Monsignor Mouton had started, and he wanted me to continue that was an important thing. He had me contact the parish visitors of Mary Immaculate. They are contemplative missionaries who are catechists, and they go door-to-door in cities by themselves in New York, and the gangs protect them because they know what they're doing. Hmm. They're bringing souls to Christ, the poor, the neglected children that have no one to reach out to them. And so... That mentality became to settle inside of me as I met the sisters and the mother superior of the order, Sister Carol Marie, came down and talked at four or five churches, and we got other churches beginning door-to-door evangelization. And so it grew. Um, They even surprised me in 2009. In St. Patrick's Cathedral, they were celebrating the inspiration of their formation of their order and the day before they invited me to go up there so I did the day before they said Ashton we're going to give you an evangelization award and George Martin who's their public relations person so after mass we go down to the little crip area behind the tomb of Bishop Sheen Mother Carol Marie presents me with the award Mm. I was I was so humbled and um, I love that story because it shows the reach of the Cajun Catholics. I say it all the time. Here we are, you know, nationwide, I like to say. Incredible, you know, how uh, the, the spirit here in South Louisiana, it, it just spreads all over the country. And there's so many good people like Ashton that are out there doing these things all over the country and getting recognized for it. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Well, it was, it was a joy. And I come back and I tell Father Fry about it. He said, well, that's a nice little plaque. Put it on the shelf and let's get back to work. Yeah, you know, dust collector. Yeah, let let it be a dust collector. You know, don't worry about that. So we have to get back to our work, which is bringing souls to Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the mission, and we need more of all of you that are out there. And um, I know I need your prayers in in the process of all this, and and post with the sisters. And I'm still working with the sisters. and in 2018, um, the pastor of St. Pius decided to reorganize, let me go. So I started subbing in the public school system, and now I'm a teacher at Acadian Middle, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. But through this, God has called me to write a book called New Evangelization in Action. Um, you can go to the website. It's newevangelizationinaction.org. We have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can just search with New Evangelization in Action. This is just the beginning. I have a video testimony 
Edroyd actually videotaped me in St. Patrick's Church, a little three-minute video. I also have a written testimony, which relates to the sisters. If you go to the website, you can see that. We also have a blog, if you would like to write. You know, I can edit, I can let you get in to do those kind of things. Um, You're a social media magnet, I just want to say that. I'm impressed. Thank you. (laughs) I I, I wasn't always. Uh, my kids used to laugh at me and call me a nerd. <laughs> then they said, Daddy, you are really getting with the program, you know. And uh, <laughs> You're a beast. Um, yeah. Well, you know, because God called. You know, in, in, in the process of this, what I didn't even mention is retreats, huh? Mm-hmm. When, we, when we go away like Jesus did at night, he'd go away, huh, to pray in the early morning. Or for days, he'd go away. And so in retreats, God was telling me, I want you to speak for me. I want you to use media to evangelize. And the Pope started saying, use the media to evangelize. Like Bishop Sheen, he was the first one with TV. So all of us, everybody out there, use your media to evangelize. Start putting scripture quotes on there. You know, there's wonderful pictures out there. People are hungry or starving to death because materialism is killing us in the United States. And God bless the Cajuns we are rooted but we still have those that are slipping away as well, inactive Catholics. And that's the mission, to reach out to inactive Catholics uh, and bring them back. There's the nuns now. The nuns not being Catholic nuns, but a N-O-N-E-S, who have no faith, have no church commitment. And that number's growing. So there's a huge challenge today. And um, that's where God just is saying, use your gifts that way. Speak, you know, reach out to others, and now to write. So you know how I'm writing? I found out Father John Harden was like the catechist for the world under Pope John Paul II. He said, you couldn't find Father Harden. Go look in the chapel. That's where he wrote all his books. Mm. So I'm starting to write in front of the Blessed Sacrament. That's the way to do it. Yeah, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Our guest today is Ashton Mouton, and uh, he is just a, a soldier for Christ and, evangel- and evangelization in our area. Um, and Ashton, I want to ask you a few questions. You know, um, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're writing this book. How far along are you? Uh, I have written the introduction. Okay. And I have written the first chapter, part of the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And what the, the name of the first chapter is which I learned through the Crisio. Make a friend, be a friend. Uh Lead your friend to Christ. Beautiful. That's what I learned. You know, it's relationship building. I went to a talk last night, and I love this one message that was given out there, how how in the Catholic Church we want to be managers. It's a business, sort of, and uh, we all want to be managers, but we're really just, we're in sales. Our job is to be in sales. We're salesmen for Christ. That's right. The and love I, of God. And, and I hear you talk about all these tools in your belt, you know, with social media and all these things you're doing. And that's it, man. You're selling. You, you're the ultimate. That's, that's your message today. Our mantra on this show has always been engage the Cajun Catholic in you. And I think that's your call to action. You and know, yours, Todd. I mean, we're yeah. a team, huh? That's right. We that's need right. more of us. One, so two. come join our team out there, you know. <laughs> and and uh, Tell me, Ashton, um, I, you know, we like to talk about conversions on here. I know that there's a reason that you're on fire for Christ. And, you know, I've had some supernatural experiences. But, you know, tell me about some of yours. You know, I'm sure that at some point you felt like you had a conversion, maybe at Curcio. You know, how has, how has the Blessed Mother or the Holy Spirit touched you? Wow. Uh, I have 
I have been blessed. My Crucio experience, I guess Jesus didn't want to scare me away. <laughs> so he just touched me, you know, lightly, deeply. Huh? Yeah. yeah, very lightly. And and the Blessed Mother started coming into my life. But I've been blessed to have some unique experiences. Um, one um, was when I was on a retreat. Uh, I, the only eight-day retreat I've ever made. I've made some five-day retreats at uh, the Jesuit Spirituality Center. Um, I've made some at the St. Charles Retreat Center in Lake Charles. And, but I was on this retreat, and all of a sudden, and I never write poetry, poetry starts coming to me. Mm. The little squirrels are running around on the ground. See how the little squirrels work and play. They play and they work. They work and they play. Ashton, that's what I want you to be like. Don't be too serious. We have to lighten up a little bit sometimes because I tend my personality to get too serious. And so, you know, God was saying, watch the little animals, nature. We go out to nature, you know. I know you like to hunt and mm-hmm. fish, and I do. I like to play golf, and I go out with nature and fish with my son. When we get away, it's like you find God in the quiet, in the silence, in the in the beauty. And so, those are all important aspects. And art, um, music that He reaches our souls through. But what happened was, I went back to my room and I just started writing this poetry. It was unbelievable. That was a unique experience of being touched. Another one, I was sitting in my room and I broke the rules. I was having some coffee upstairs in my room at the Spirituality Center. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to go down and get coffee. But anyway, I was. I'm sitting in my bed and I look across and there's a wash basin and a crucifix above it. The crucifix starts moving. And I'm saying, Jesus, um, I haven't had anything to drink, so I know it's not that. Uh, is that you? And it's like, yes, you know, he's getting my attention. Then all of a sudden, I started feeling like from deep within me, like, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a volume of something that's coming through me, that's healing me. Warm water, I've heard it described that way too. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it, it's like, and I almost got fearful, and I said, and I'm sorry I did that, because it's, Lord, okay, that's good, yeah. that's enough, <laughs> all right, you know, instead of trusting him to finish what he was doing, and of course he, he, he stopped, but it's like, and I needed healing at that time, I'd really gone through a rough spell in my life, um, and I was, I was hurting, and so uh, it was a time where I'd, uh, and I'd lost my job, uh, my wife had quit her job. We had adopted a child. I'm thinking, what is going on here, Lord? You know, we're doing good things. We're doing your work, and here all this is happening. But God turns those things into good. He's turning the page to a better something for you. The Carmelite Monastery, I've always gone over there. and It's such a special place. The sisters, this um, mother, I'm trying to think of her name, Sister Mary Grace. Mary, yeah, Mary. Mm-hmm. For many years, you know, I'd go and I'd cry in a way, not really literally cry, but I'd say, Sister, can you believe what's happening? And she'd say, God is closing a window and he's going to open a door for you. You know, and it's so true. We in our finite little minds think, oh, woe is me. Look what's happened. 
I'm suffering, this is terrible. But he is taking us and using this suffering for a new resurrection. Deeper in him, with more joy. When you're suffering, you don't see that. You know, I'm like St. Peter, I want to run from the cross. Mm -hmm. I don't want some of that shit. You know, but he's saying, come back, come back. And so that, you know, those kind of things have happened in my life. Great, great. Another thing, if we have time. Sure. Um, I'm walking out in the morning. I walk and say my rosary, walking outside of the spirituality center. There's a little statue, or a big statue, I should say, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I hear the words, I want you to paint me. I said, Jesus, is this really you? He said, yes, I want you to paint me. So Jesus, I know you have a sense of humor because I can't draw and I can't color very well. But if you want me to, I will. So I remember there was a little nun from St. Joseph that was one of the spiritual directors who was an artist. So I go run to her and she laughs. She says, oh, I'm going to teach you how to use a little watercolor. I'm going to give you an easel and all this stuff and go do it. So I went out there and I just started doing it. And poor Jesus, I made him kind of fat. <laughs> and I, I, I painted him with blonde hair and he had blue eyes. And this little nun comes walking by and goes, <gasps> I think because I thought the hair and all, but it could have been because he was fat too. I don't know. But anyway, I finished him. I come back, and I'm going to Mass. Father Fry used to have a noon Mass over at the community. And a friend of mine who's an artist, I was telling her about it. She says, she laughs. She says, Ashton, that, that's a self-portrait. Jesus is telling you to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> so next year, I went back. I slimmed him down. You know, And that kind of began a little, an art journey for me. How, how, that was a new blossoming in my life, to be an artist. I'm not an artist. But he was making me one. Or he was saying, you have it in you, you just did not realize it. Yeah. Then I go back and I paint St. Therese. Then I go back and I paint St. Joseph. Then I go back and I paint the Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. And then I get to go to Lourdes, France, on a pilgrimage. I mean, go figure all these things. That's amazing. Huh? You know, so God is so generous. I'll tell you, you, you brought to mind a story. I'll share a short story. I went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico, and we were painting a beautiful little dove statue that was at the mission house with a bunch of students, and it was white, white paint, and we laid the top of the paint can down on the ground, and it had some paint on it, you know, from when we opened it. And it's just something about it that, that, that captured my attention. I am not an artsy person, and, you know, I, I'm like, well, what is it? And I took a, a picture of it, and we just kept painting, and, and uh, I later looked at that picture, and it was an absolute, just perfect image of the Blessed Mother in that paint can. It was beautiful. I'll show you. I have to show you. It's just gorgeous. And, I mean, as, as, as clear as a bell. It wasn't like something you made up, you know. And uh, so the signs are there, you know. God's laying them all over the place. Um, you know, I love that. You know, it's always every day is a new day. You know, um, for me, the same thing with Garcia. You know, uh, that was the start of my conversion. And uh, every day, I can't wait to see what's, what's next. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. But I have to tell people out there, you know, it's not all the warm fuzzies. No, you it's know, not. Following Jesus is tough. Yeah. I tell guys, you know, you really want to be a man, put Jesus on mm -hmm. and keep him on. And it'll be the greatest blessing in your life, but it'll also be one of the greatest struggles because mm -hmm. evil is trying to stop what we're doing. It's trying to kill the good. 
And so we face that spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. and that's why we need prayer. That's why we need daily Eucharist. That's why we need daily rosary. That's why we need adoration. That's why we need to pray together in community and support each other and pray for each other because we're in a warfare. And so um, that's reality. And, and so, but, you know, when you're on the journey and you've experienced that love of Christ and the joy, nothing can compare to that. You know, no, no thing, no anything. And the love you have for your spouse grows, your children, it's a new dimension. It's a deeper. Uh, like my sacrament of marriage, I tell my wife, I love you more today than I ever have. And I know it's because Jesus is in the mix. We Right in the middle. Yeah. Right in the middle. We just have a few minutes left on the show. Uh, Ashton, you know, evangelization's your thing. And, um, you know, South Louisiana is unique. Us Cajuns are unique. What have you found is the best way to evangelize to the Cajun culture, to the people? How's the best way for us to go out and go about doing that? Well, yeah, you know, Cajuns <laughs> like to eat. Yeah. Jesus broke bread. The road team us. Walking together, huh? Building relationship. And he said, well, come eat with us. So he went. And then in the breaking of the bread, he disappeared. But they were thinking how their souls were being enlightened. They were set on fire. And so it's coming together for a spiritual thing. And if you're reaching out to someone who is not that spiritual and you're trying to lead them, just go be their friend. Go, go to have lunch with them. Go have a cup of coffee. And you don't have to talk about Jesus. You don't have to talk about just what are they interested in? And you're becoming their friend. And they're going to know something's different about Todd or Ashton. And they're going to start asking questions. Or the Holy Spirit will move you to say something to them. Or they're going to have a tragedy. And you say, look, I'm going to pray for you. And not many people ever say that to them. You're right. No one says to people, or can we pray together? And people say, yeah, yeah, really, I, I would like that. Nobody offers to pray with anyone. And Frank Summers taught me that. You know, we'd be talking on the phone, and I started getting involved with the um, family missions company, Nabaville, the missionary efforts. And, and right before we did, he'd say, let's pray together, and he'd pray for me. And that was powerful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's so, the- you know, ask people, can we pray, you know, it's the old St. Francis, huh? uh, when uh, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. That's it. Well, that's uh, we've run out of time on the show. Ashton, why don't you lead us off with it? Lead us out with a prayer. Thank you for being yeah. here today. I love, I you, love the time. Great I love job. you too. It's great. Thank you for having me. Lord, we just thank you for this time together, for the Spirit moving. Lord, I know you're moving in a very powerful way in the world today um, because where evil abounds, grace abounds all the more. So help us to connect with that grace, Lord. Um, help us to, to have that metanoia, that change, that turning toward you in a deeper way in our lives. Because you tell us, knock, seek, ask. And so we know, Lord, we can trust you in your word. You will help us if we ask, if we seek. And the Blessed Mother, Lord, help us to be close to Mary who seeks to mold us uh, as she did you into a holy person. St. Joseph, our father, foster father, um, to be a model, to be a man, and to be a husband. For all the people out there, Lord, I want to pray for them, for those that need healing, 
that need encouragement, that need whatever, material needs, food for their family. Uh, just give them the encouragement, Lord, and help them to turn their hearts to you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Until next time, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. <laughs>